0: belongs to us. Oh my. For centuries the church people and it's it's the children's bread, not just deliverance. Too many people have gone on prematurely. Too many Christians tolerate and put up with these symptoms, the sickness detour us, keep us from coming to church. I just don't feel good today. I think I'm just going to stay home. Enough's enough already. When the Father looks at Jesus' back, says, I paid that price for you. I did that for you. Why are you coddling? Why are you stroking? Why are you succumbing to, to those symptoms and things? You know, when you stub your toe or when you even get a paper cut or something minor, you kind of baby that finger, that toe, right? You kind of just work around it because you don't want to disturb it. You don't want it to create any pain. And we do that with sickness sometimes. We coddle it and we hold it and we say, oh, you know, I don't want to aggravate it. I don't want to go outside because it just might, you know, uh, stir this thing up. And yes, we use wisdom. Of course we do. But, you know, it comes to the point where looking at the back of Jesus and those stripes and every disease known to man, and I believe I heard somewhere that there were 39 major diseases known to mankind. He took them all on his back so that we could, we could be healed, walk in, walk in health. Hallelujah. Um, before I forget, Julio, come down here to the front, please. Again, if Julio, if you're still. Oh, there you are. Come here. Pastor Herm too, needs to lay hands on you, too, because I felt the Lord was telling him that a new mantle, new anointing is coming upon you. Yeah. And um, and being Pastor Herm is your spiritual father, your spiritual the senior pastor. Don't take this mantle lightly, this anointing. You guard it. You nurture it. Things will not be the same way they used to be. It's not the same old, same old. It's a new turn in the road. It's a new beginning. Pastor Nancy said, mount up with wings of eagle. We are to mount up this year. And so there needs to be changes, adjustments made, going deeper, increasing in areas where you need to put the the foot on the gas pedal a little bit more instead of breaking. Increasing in these things that you know to do, that'll increase and help the flow of the anointing because it's been there on the inside. But because you've been faithful, because you've been hungry, because you've been a son that hungers and thirsts, that mantle has been placed on you today. In Jesus' name. And know that this anointing, this mantle, isn't just, it's not for you. It's for the people. (laughs) It's for your family. It's for the people. It's for this island. It's for wherever you go. The anointing isn't for us. (laughs) It's for you people. Pastor Herman and I have to believe, for our healing, just like you guys, when we minister, the anointing comes upon us. But then there's an anointing, just like you guys, within you and within us. And when, I, when I left these meetings and got off the plane, I was telling Pastor Herman, that plane was like an icebox refrigerator. And I was like, Ur-r-r-r-r-r-r-r. and I had a heavy winter coat, and I had my Uggs on, my you know boots on and stuff, and I still was... And I felt symptoms start to come on me. And I just, oh, no, uh-uh, no, you don't. No, no, not after a week of glorious meetings and annoying. No, 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 you don't. Same old trick, same old stuff he tries to bring on us. And even though maybe something still may be lingering, I'm the healed of the Lord. Well, how do you know that? Because your nose may be running or you're coughing. We just sang that. word says, Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed. So I stand on that because it has preeminence over these minor symptoms. But if you succumb to them, if you say, okay, I better, hi boss, Uh, I'm really not well today. I'm going to stay home today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to rest. Instead of succumbing to them, and saying, by his stripes I am healed. Rise up above them. I'm the healed of the Lord. And I had to tell my body. I had to bring my body in subjection and not say, well, I've been in glorious meetings. I mean, just take it for granted. Nothing. No. I said, body, you. You come into subjection and alignment with the word of God. The word says, by his stripes I'm healed. And so cold, sniffle, sore throat, cough, or a thing of the past I rebuke you reject you from off my body and the power of God and I laid hands on my body and released the power of God and I said now body you just heard me speak the Word of God you just heard the words I spoke from the Word of God which has preeminence and I'm stirring up the power of God within me you must obey you must you have no choice because the power of God is greater than this flesh yes. than any symptom sickness so i said you must and then all of a sudden i started regaining feeling my strength but if i would have succumbed to it i probably if i i probably wouldn't be here this morning i probably would have thought oh, i need rest from this trip it's been really you know 14 services in 6 days glorious services 11 okay. services and then three of the worship classes and one prayer uh, uh, service. And, And it wasn't like 20 minutes. It was, they were like two hours. They're long. They're services. The one with Reba, Rambo, and Jeff Ferguson. I told Jeff Ferguson, after they sang this song, Elizabeth, I went up to him and I said, oh my gosh. I said, I can't stop singing this song. I'm singing it on the plane. I'm singing it at night. I'm singing it in the morning. I just kept singing by his stripes. And and he was so excited. And I says, We're gonna sing it this Sunday. And and then Jeff says, he says, he says, I don't know you that well, but we we're talking and stuff and sharing about our church. And he says, I gotta come to your church. He says, and I'm gonna bring Reba Rambo too. Woo! Yeah. He said that. And it's not flippant, not like because he's looking for places to minister. Reba Rambo is a composed Grammy Dove Award winner her mom is Dottie Rambo she's an anointed singer for years and years and years if you've seen her or know anything about the spiritual uh, yeah female general in worship and she's been there in even the last um, conference and singing and she wrote that song he will make perfect heart and she wrote that and composed it and this past conference Lambert when she was when the congregation was singing that she started doing the signing to that song and bless the lord who reigns in beauty and the anointing just like snow just fell on the people Everybody just began to worship and praise God. And it was just beautiful, the anointing in that place. Just amazing, amazing. And that's the the caliber. And then we had Cindy Black. Oh, my goodness. She was there. She'll spontaneously just start singing out and declaring what God wants to say in a song, in a worship song. And she... It's not rehearsed, but it, as, she, it, as the Holy Spirit gives it to her, she just puts music to it. And David Ellis is just there flowing with her. Oh, my. So they are going to have a worship school. We already have our first student right here that will be attending, Elizabeth. When they do, we don't know when that will start in, in California, but yeah. Oh, yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen here. And so um, these, you may be seated. Thank you, people. But these, um, these meetings have been just just amazing, over the top, probably some of the, the best yet. Will you say that every time? Well, the increase, the, the anointing just keeps getting greater and greater and, and, and greater. And um, my goodness, you know, Pastor Nancy, <coughs> excuse me, she ministered on divine acceleration to keep your healing and then did impartations as she does to all the ministers Kenneth Copeland 88 years old and this man doesn't even wear glasses not even readers you know and he's not you know trying to and he said that he asked the Lord told the Lord he's going to live to 120 years old and, and he said, he was talking to the Lord about this, and he says, when I'm 90 years old, the Lord said, you'll be the only standing preacher <laughs> preaching the word of God. Because, you know, when you're 90 years old, there's not a lot of preachers. They're usually maybe in a wheelchair. Or they're not preaching anymore. Or they have a cane or, you know, they're, you know, they have some disabilities and things. And that man's still going. And, you know, he's there's one service where it was already after two hours, and he was still going, still going. And uh, ministering and telling stories and um, just precious, amazing, amazing things. So um, but praise and worship, I just want to thank you. They did, coupled with the Holy Spirit, an exceptional, exceptional job this morning. And I thank you for picking that up in the spirit. The songs just flowed and the Holy Spirit's not done yet. But I thank you. And even for that song, By His Stripes, that you know that's not the last time we're going to sing that. Yeah. That's, Pastor Nancy says, that's the church's anthem. I said, amen. Amen. <laughs> that's our anthem song. So you may be, yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, praise and worship. Yes, that's true. That is our anthem. And Richard Roberts ministered healing, talking about putting on a bigger coat. Pastor Nancy says acceleration. Pastor Craig Fields, Oh my. In the spirit and power of Elijah. Just by that title, you know that thing was power packed. The whole atmosphere was electrified. Talking about where John the Baptist, Elijah, Elisha were all forerunners. And then he says he Kenneth Hagan was a forerunner in this generation. Whether people wanted to recognize and realize that or not. But he says, guess what? us, our generation, we're the forerunners of Elijah. We are. We are. And so we got to start moving like it, acting like it. We are the forerunners for this last generation. And that's that's powerful. What does a forerunner do? Any of you run races, marathons and things? A forerunner? Have you you've seen where in the Olympics and things, where somebody will pick up the baton, one finishes their leg of the race, and the other one will come in and pick up and, and carry it, take it another mile, or, take it, or maybe take it to the finish lane, to the end, and we are at the end, and I believe this generation, we're going to see the end to the finish line. Whether you, whether you feel like it or agree with it or not, it's going to happen, but we're the forerunners. And then, of course, Jesse Duplantis spoke on "Give God a Job" in 2024. And if if you don't laugh and have the spirit of joy when Jesse preaches, you need hands laid on you. You know, there's something you're you know your battery's dead. That man's hilarious, but he mixes the word. And he can do internal surgery on the inside of you, and then you're laughing at the same time. You know, that's just his gifting. And then, of course, he, he ministered uh, word of knowledge and word of wisdom to, to so many people afterwards. And um, you can listen to all these messages online. Pastor Nancy Dufresne live stream, Holy Ghost Meetings 2024. All of these ministered. Then her son, Stephen, ministered on... Um, why people aren't receiving their healing. He says, well, you have to be married to, to your healing, not give up, not when, when it doesn't look like it's working, when the symptoms still keep returning. You gotta stick with that thing. And he gave it as an example as married people. Yeah, when, when, you know, you just can't walk away from each other after a year or two. You stick with it. You work with things, you stick together. Why? Because you're in covenant. We have a covenant of healing. And so um, the, the meetings, again, were just so rich and they were just so over the top. You start in the morning and then you break. You have 50 minutes for lunch. And then at one o'clock, you have your, your choice. You have either healing school, um, not healing school, prayer with uh, Pastor uh, Noel Ramos, or you go to David Ellis's worship sc- uh, training, uh, worship class. And that goes sometimes till 3, 3.30, especially if the Holy Spirit moves. Then you're back at 7 o'clock, you know, For and that goes sometimes till 10, 10.30, however. And that just goes on each day, but it's glorious, though. And, you know, your your body is just like, almost like, you know, I just pick my body up and drag it along. Come on, we're going. We're going today. Body says, you can, you can sleep in today. No, we're not sleeping in today. I didn't fly all the way to California to sleep in. Because that would be the service the morning where was something special just for me. And I would lose out and miss out. Well, you could stay in your hotel room and watch it online. We know better than that. Pastor Craig says you can't receive it by watching online, by looking at the screen. Certain things you can, but you have to be around the anointing. You have to be around it, you have to be around the flow, that tangibleness, you have to just be right there in it where the minister, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor can see the whites of your eyes and then they could, as they're going up and down the aisles, you know, one of the ministers or Pastor Nancy, she'll be going like this and she'll just stop and lay her hand and have a word for someone. Well, if this person decided to stay home, or just do something else, they're tired, or worked late, or whatever it was, went to a baseball game, they would have missed out on their blessing, on something vital that would change their lives, an answer that they've been praying for, something that was just life-changing, pivotal. So that's why it's so, so important to be here. Well, you're the pastor, you, we, we expect you to say that. No, 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 you're missing it, you're missing it. You're missing out on God's best and what he has by being here and responding and receiving. The last intercessory prayer meeting we had here, which was on the eve of um, New Year's Eve, there was a prophetic word, and it said, and the Holy Spirit said, it's time to step up. And when Richard Roberts ministered in these conferences, he also mentioned that. He said, it's time to step up. And I'm in agreement with that, and I believe that that's a a, a good word for us, word for 2024. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. It's time to step it up, time to step it up, amen. Uh, Turn uh, in your Bibles to Hebrews 5, 12, Hebrews, the fifth chapter. The fifth chapter, verse 12. Praise the Lord God, so awesome, so amazing, so faithful, so good to us. So much He wants to do in these last days. For though by this time, You ought to be teachers because of the time you have been to learn these truths. You actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's Word from the beginning, and you have come continually in need of milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk... Is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a spiritual babe or spiritual infant. Ah, but solid food is for the spiritually mature whose senses are trained and by practice to distinguish between what's morally good and what is evil. So it's saying that there are in the body of Christ, now it's talking to the church, it's talking to believers now, not to people on the outside there. It's saying that by now, and I'm addressing Faith Family Maui Church, our family here, don't get under condemnation and think, oh no, because it's in the word of God and this is for our good. Sometimes we need need to hear these things to step it up. It says, by now, some of you should be teaching. Listen to what the, um, the mirror says on Hebrews 5.12. By now, you should have been professors. <laughs> yeah. By now, you should have been professors, able to teach the rest of the world. But you are still struggling with the ABCs of God's language in Christ. Wow. The difference between the prophetic shadow and the real is like that between milk and meat in your diet. Hmm. You can't live on baby food for the rest of your lives. Yeah, You know, there's nothing wrong with being a babe in Christ. We all started that way. All of us did. We all received Christ and we all started out as spiritual babes but you can't stay that way. If you're in the church, if you're in this church, five years, 10 years, 15, 20, and there's no spiritual growth, no spiritual fruit, and you're still desiring milk and not growing, then you have to evaluate and and realize, wait a minute, something's wrong, something's wrong. Because look, at in the natural, Moms and dads, you have you have children, you have grandchildren. What if you had a three um, a third grader, fourth grader, and and they couldn't walk, they were still crawling, or you know just not developing right? Well, when you see these things, you would you would say something's wrong with their development. We need to take them to a specialist and find out why they're not growing. Or if a child is seven, eight years old and they're still small and, you know, or their legs, they're not unable to walk, well, right away you take them to a doctor, specialist and say, you know, this is happening and we need to adjust and find out what the problem is. And and that's common sense. That's natural. Well, how much more spiritually we should be evaluating ourselves? Wait a minute. I've been a faith family. I've been walking with the Lord for so many years, plus years. What's the fruit that I've been producing? Should I be teaching already, being a professor, and witnessing and bringing others to the Lord? And we have to think of these things. For those of you that, you know, um, like steak, we should be all on the meat of the word already, able to digest that. So when the pastor says something, you're not out there choking on it. And, what you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, or, you know, or a word of correction goes forth through discipline and you, and, and, you know, you start choking because it's hard to digest. I don't know if I want to receive that, I don't know, yes, that you, could it be maybe you still a spiritual babe with the thumb in the mouth and the bottle, but we need to evaluate and see just where we're at in the body because we're all in different places and we're all growing. We're all in spiritual different levels. But yet the word of God, when it goes out, when it goes forward, you know, like one one minister said, it fits all. It just fits all. It's a uniform fit for the whole church where everybody can receive. We took this word and went over to Joy's class in Sunday school. They would be able to receive They would, as well as us, because, you know, their little spirits are are maturing. You know, before I left, I told Joy, you know, she prayed for me, and she laid hands on me, and she said, dear Jesus, she says, oh, help, help, help Bubba on the plane. Don't let any turbulence be there, and give her peace, and don't let her cry because she's missing me. Amen, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I mean, just these, out of the mouth of babes, you know, and she hit it, you know, she, uh, yeah, she you know, she hit it right on the nose because, um, it, you know, I tell Herman, it's the drop-off at the airport that's the hardest. You know, when you're waving goodbye and then it's, oh, you know, it just tugs at your heart. And um, But you know you need to go, you have to go. But the word is just tailor-made. It's suited for for all of us. And this word is... That some of us, some of us already should be further along than we are, should be teaching, should be winning more souls to the Lord, should be further along in the word. The word says, let the word of God dwell richly on the inside of you. And, and yet, coming to church Wednesday, Sunday night, it's good and we're here to feed you and your pastors will continue to feed you but you still that is still not enough it's still not enough sometimes you know you you have to further along and read the word and get that word on the inside of you and and for those christians who are just a dabble do you once a month or once every two months how do you how do you survive what you know what are you thinking what are you you know the world, the, you know, your car, carnal nature is going to uh, have preeminence over your thoughts and your drives and your, all of that because I don't think you're really building yourself up in the Word or else you would make it a point you know, to be here and sit under the anointing, sit under the Word of God. And so uh, your, your presence, you being here is important, but what you're doing too in your private time um, that, that's, that's vital, that's vital, that's critical to your, to your spiritual health. Yeah. When a pastor, when pastors are teaching their church faith and these other fundamental principles and the un, uncompromised word for years and years, then we have a right, we have a right to harvest your faith. We have a right to make a demand on that. We do. We do. Because we're sowing seed into you, and we're preaching, and we're ministering faith, and healing, and all of these things. And after a while, it's like, come on, guys, come on. We have a right to expect a return on that, you know, on your faith, on what you've received. Not like, you know, you ever see somebody pull out their pockets and it's empty, like, no, no more nothing. I don't have anything. Well, Why? Why are your pockets empty? Why is your, you know, your receiver? Your spirit should be full. We teach and put out and give and sow, and sow and sow and sow and sow and sow some more. And we love doing that. That's what we're called to do. And we'll continue to do that because a shepherd feeds. But then yet too comes a point where we'll make a demand on the people on the sheep and and towards the vision of the church and where we're headed towards and and we have we have a right to do that to and bring all of that to our church's vision and and where we're headed to so We do. We do have that right, and we expect it. It's not wrong for pastors to expect things from their congregation, especially those of you that have been, that are mature, supposedly mature Christians, who should be teaching, who should be professors. And that, please, please don't get into any type of, you know, condemnation or anything. But this is to spur us on. This is to step it up, step it up and move further, accelerate. Do a little bit more than you did last year. Pray a little bit more than you did last year. Read the word a little bit more. Add in some more scriptures, 10 minutes of prayer in tongues. Make it 20, make it 15. Just do a little bit more on your calendar. Instead of, you know, eating less and the keto diet and all of this. Well, get on a spiritual regimen to where I'm going to make it to where I win a soul once a month. Increase it, up it, two, three. Where you can look back and say, wow, this has been a fruitful year for the kingdom of God. Make God wealthy this year. How about we as a church, make God wealthy? Remember what I told you what Jesse said? God says, make me wealthy, Jesse. And he says, I'm not determining my wealth upon these gold and silver and things, but upon how many people enter the kingdom of heaven, how many souls I possess. So why don't we do that? Why don't we up it a little bit, step it up. We each have to step it up, not be like we were in 2023 or the other years. We've got to mount up and accelerate because don't you expect God? We expect that from God. And so we have the right and God has the right to demand from us our faith, what we've been believing for, what he's been sown into us. Look how much, just think of how much God's sown into your lives. My goodness, what he's sown into our lives. It's it's mind-boggling. Don't you think he has a right to to ask us of something? And that wouldn't be wrong for him, but that's a spiritual principle. I think God has a a right to, but a lot of times he doesn't because he understands, and the Holy Spirit's so gracious, he works with all of us, you know, in our misses and in our, You know, just just in all our, our down times, our valley times, and our mountain experiences. But still, he expects us, with all that he's given us, he expects us to, you know, to accelerate, mounting up. Pastor Nancy said, before you can fly with the eagles, there has to be some mounting up to do. Some preparation. And not just doing things the same old way. Because you know your flesh is that comfortable easy going easy chair I don't wanna I don't you know it just wants to have its way and coddle the flesh and 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 this this guy you got to put under and you got to talk to it especially when it comes to spiritual things because if you won't do it inside the church and at home when these things come against you in the world you know I met a pastor at the conference <clears throat> From Pakistan and um, and what's neat is the ministers all get to have their meals together lunch and dinner and you sit at a different table every time so you get to meet different ministers which is awesome you know and so he was talking in his accent and he began to tell me uh, he says that he was um, uh, thrown in jail in Pakistan for for three days for preaching the gospel and they caught him red-handed with the Bible. Well, for us, that's like here in the United States, we walk around with our Bibles, we preach, we have church, but over there in Pakistan, they threw him in jail, and they told him it was going to be a life sentence, and they were throwing all these charges on top of him, conspiracy and you know talking against the government and you know and uh, bring, smuggling in Bibles and attempting to hold a Bible study for the people and on and on and on. But he's partners with Richard Roberts and Richard Roberts and their church, and they pulled some strings for him. And of course, they prayed. And after 72 hours, they got him out. And um, and so he goes, you, "You like me? Come, pastor, your church, and preach to you. I share my story." And I says, "Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about it. You know, we'll see see if the Holy Spirit we'll let him put that together." But but these precious ministers, you know. You, you think, you know, some people that would just be like, oh, I need a break rest from this. I mean, three days in jail. Rodney Howard Brown was thrown in jail during COVID because he wouldn't close his church. And then afterwards, after, because of his strong stand, God exploded his church. I think it's something like in the thousands, seven thousands now his church is. Just multiplied, just busted the seams. So, but we have to... We have to step it up. The term step up means to come forward. Claim responsibility means to succeed when meeting a challenge. To accelerate, intensify, escalate. God says when it comes to the truth of his word, to step up and take action. The word says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Don't just amen the word. Do the word. How many times? Oh, that's good. Amen. Amen. And then we don't bother doing the word. It just kind of like, you know, goes over our head. And this is preaching to myself too. Instead of amen in the word. Do, just do the word. Just do the word. And stepping up also means to increase <coughs> the amount, the speed, or intensity of, of something. You know, when um, in any type of sports event, any type of sports at all, I was involved in paddling canoe. And uh, we had training, and the training sometimes was pretty severe on the flesh. Every day, we had to run a mile, we had to do laps, we had to do certain things. And if you didn't do your training, the coach was there to see who showed up for practice and who didn't. If you didn't practice and show up for training on the day of the regatta, the race, you ain't going to paddle. You're going to sit out. You're on the beach. You're benched. Same thing with any other team. Basketball team. You don't show up for practice. Football, baseball. Try and think you're all that and not show up for practice or training. And then on the big event, on the Super Bowl, come with your uniform, strutting out on the field. Just because you have a title and expect to play, not going to happen. You're benched. Same thing with God. You need to complete your training. You have to do your part. And, and in order for God to use you, you, we're all in training. We all have to do what God's called us to do. And start from the, you know, from the ground up like we all started as babes. But again, some of us should be further along. And then sometimes we wonder, why isn't God using me? I've been so many years in the Lord. Are you showing up for training? Well, when is training? Hello? Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings and all of the special meetings in between. And then your personal time. That's your personal preparation time in your training. That's that's the time. You're, You're trained. So when the big time comes, when the test comes, and the enemy knows who comes faithfully and who doesn't, you're an easy target. For those that come once every two months or three months, and a lot of them have excuses that are valid. But come on, though, your spiritual, uh, you know, some people are on life support systems out there, just barely hanging on. Pray for us, pastor. Get to church. Come under the anointing. The anointing will strengthen you. God may have a word for you. The word that you need so badly might be getting preached on, and you're not here to hear it. Who's to blame for that? Nobody else but yourself. We're here. We're here. And so we have to apply all these things. It's our training and our preparation so when the day comes, when the Lord needs you, call on you, oh, you're ready, you're all pumped up, you're trained, muscles upon muscles, you know. The training isn't pleasant sometimes. I know in the natural it wasn't. But yet, you know, we had one gal on our team, we all showed up. You work eight hours at your secular job and you show up and you have to run that mile on the beach and then the, you know, the coach is having you do these other things. And then we noticed our steersman, she would hit and miss practices. And then on the day of the of regatta, she struts in, you know, and she's picking up her paddle. And we're all looking at her like, where were you for practice? And the coach just like, hey, you know, so-and-so, come here. Yeah, You're benched. You're sitting this one out. And he may even put somebody as a novice that isn't as skilled as that one is. But because they missed their time, because they miss coming to church, because they miss their impartation, because they wasn't here to hear, thus saith the Lord. The Lord's not going to be able to use you. And, And we don't want that. Or you miss your miracle. You miss what's missing. So needed in your life. And these are all in our learning and our preparation. Some of you should be teaching by now. Yeah, and it's not too late. It's never, never too late. No, God and the Holy Spirit's just so gracious. Yeah. So we grow up in faith and we want and expect the full benefits and promises that the the word promises. The local church is a family where everyone is supposed to do their part. Everybody, do something, small or great. Isn't it the same way in a natural family? I know for some of you, even Pastor Herman comes from a large family. Some of you come from large families. My family wasn't that large. But you know that in a family, all the kids have chores. <clears throat> you take care of water, the dogs, you do the dishes, go outside there and, and hang the clothes, and the, you know, uh, doing all these things, chores. You're doing dishes. All the kids have responsibilities. And if you have six kids in the family, and the one knows his responsibility, or thinks he knows, and then he just plops down and's watching cartoons or movies, television, just ignoring his chores, his responsibility. Guess what? The other five kids are gonna pull him outside and beat and whoop him up bad, give him a good workover. We ain't gonna do your chores for you. You do your part. What makes you special? You're not no princess, you know. You work like the rest of ours. Everybody pitches in. Everybody does. Well, if you have that in the natural family, this is our spiritual family. Everybody should be doing something. Our, our ushers need help. We need more ushers. I'm just going to come on and say, we need help. We could use more help in the nursery. We could use more help in the sound booth. And in all of these areas of ministry, in the greeters, we can use help. And it's not every day. It's it's just on Sundays once a week, sometimes Wednesday nights, when we have special events, maybe in the kitchen, hospitality. The praise and worship team also can, you know, grow and expand what you're gifting as well. But again, too, you know, um, there's a process in order to be up on and, and be part of the, uh, the Levites out there singing on stage. But everyone should be doing their part. Small or great, but I'm, I'm begging you, do something. Bring your service to the house of God. Participate. I can do that. If you don't want to work in children's ministry, you can greet. You, that might be your introduction to getting somebody saved. To Just greeting and saying hello, but, but do something in, in, in God's house. That's, that's a step because we're all one family. It shouldn't be 20% or 30%. When the work day comes, guys, ladies, we should have everyone coming out. We understand people work. We know you have jobs, of course, yes. But, but we're just saying do what you can. But everybody, do something. Do, do your best. Just do a little. Just, you know, bring what... And maybe if you're in a department which you're not really excited about, well, just stay there and until something else opens up. Dr. Dufresne started out cleaning toilets. And he, and he said, he's with the Lord right now, but he says that... Uh, Every time, even after he was well-known and ministering all over the world, when he would go to different churches, first thing he would do is look at their... Now, you know, don't get weird. You know, I know some of you are thinking... He would look at the toilets in the rooms, to see, you know, in the bathrooms, see how clean they were. If they were dirty or messy or, you know... He would look at those things because that's where he started and he did it impeccably. He, he went to the pastor and says, I want to be of service... Where can you use me? He didn't say, you know, some elite upper echelon thing. But the pastor says, well, we don't have anybody to clean our toilets, our bathrooms. He says, I can do that. I'll do that. Then God gave him a cleaning business, gave him his own cleaning business. Then he became the owner. Then he had a staff. And then he just moved on up, 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 up the spiritual ladder. You know, eventually being, you know, um, a general in God's army, a, a prophet. So there, there should be something, something that you can do where you're, where you're placed. Have an assignment, a chore in the house of God. And ask one of the different um, department heads, see Reuben and Cheryl, they're the head of uh, Ministry of Helps, where, say, hey, where can you use me? You know, I like to be used. And, you know, and don't say, well, that's not my cup of tea or I don't, you know. Just, just do it for, just do it anyways a little bit. Just stretch yourself. And uh, you never know. You, you, you never know. That anointing might just come on you in that area and boom, you just start, you know, blossoming, uh, producing fruit. But, again, and I know I'm sounding repetitive, but do something for God. You'll be blessed. You'll, you'll be so blessed for it. There are three stages, phases in our lives. <clears throat> three. Three stages in our lives. The first one is learning, doing, and teaching. The last step is you're teaching what you've learned to do. Some people get stuck at stage one, Learning. 2 Timothy 3.7 says this. 2 Timothy 3.7. You can turn to there if you want to. It says, Always learning and listening to anybody who will teach them, but never being able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In order for the knowledge of God's truth to sink in and resonate within you, you must have a strong foundation. That's not part of the, um, of the scripture, but 2 Timothy 3.7 says, some people are always learning, always listening to anybody who will teach them, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Why, Why is that? Always learning, always listening. Well, are you planted to where God has planted you, wants to place you? If you're busy going here and there and all over the place to different churches, well, this church has a good ministry and we like to take our kids there, then they're having revival services down the road, so we're going to go there. Oh, and they have our favorite preacher coming in, and you kind of do the circuit. You're all over the place You're And you do that continually. You're at a church for three, four months. Maybe they say something that upsets you or you don't like. Something ticks you off. It could be just something so light. Come on, grow up. Be more mature than that. Ask the Lord where he would have you. Because where God was going to plant you, that's where you're going to grow and flourish and get foundational roots and, and mature. And, and that's sometimes the problem with the scripture says you're always learning, always hearing the latest, the best, the most. Well, this preacher's anointed. This is the latest, the hot word off the press. Um, go where God has told you to go and stick with it, stay with it and grow there. It's good to go to places. We go to conferences. It's good to, if there's a guest speaker, Jesse comes to, you know, King's Cathedral and different ones, sure, go there and receive from them. But just know where you're planted. Know where your home is. And I'll throw this in for free. Your tithe always belongs in your home church. Always. If you listen more to other preachers and other, other ministers online than you do to your pastor's messages, something's wrong. And that's all I'm going to say, but that's for free. Happy New Year. Jeremiah 17, 17, 8 says this. You will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. We are trees of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. But if you're moving round and about all the time, like a potted plant that has no roots, you're beautiful, you're easy on the eyes, you look healthy and strong, but you're a potted plant. You can lift yourself up and just move yourself anywhere. There's no roots, there's no foundation, there's nothing to keep you. You're like a rolling stone. It's not a good recipe for a good foundation. And just like the word says, when the storms of life comes, and they will come to all of us. They have come to all of us. That's, you know, that's just, that's just life. What are you gonna do? If you're a potted plant, you're not gonna last, you're not gonna survive. Look at the banyan tree in Lahaina. Those, those roots are just amazing some of these trees here in the islands. You couldn't move them by a tsunami, hurricane, wildfires, nothing can move them. So our roots, spiritually, should be in the house of God. Nothing can move you. Yeah, I've been hit, I've been knocked over. Yeah, it's, it's been tough. And you know, I've had the wind knocked out of me several times. But I'm still standing strong, devil. And if that's the best you got, bring it on. Because Jesus, my elder brother, we have the word of God, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And nothing can withstand that. Nothing. No demon. No test. No trial. And we'll withstand anything that the enemy and that the world can throw our way. But if you do not have a good root system, you're not going to be able to stand. It's just... It it just will not it will not happen. So you have to. That's the problem with um, with the scripture, with always learning, always hearing, always listening, but never nothing. Just no substance. No no roots. And and I said, Lord, there can be some in the church years and years. Listening, learning, faithful, coming to the services. But they should be teaching by now. They should have their own ministries. They should have their own Bible uh, studies. Not apart from the church. Not doing your own thing, thinking, well, you know, it's time. If pastor don't launch me out, I'm going to launch myself. Well, you're a fool. (laughs) You know, nobody launches themselves out. You let God do that. You let God... uh, promote you and raise you up, but I mean doing the work of God, doing the work of the ministry. And so if you're not doing that by now, and I said, Lord, why is that? And he said, it's their root system. It's just basically the person, the Christian's root system. It's not strong enough. The roots haven't gone down deep enough to where their spiritual vagabonds, here and there, going there. Not staying in one place long enough. So the first, the first phase is learning. Second phase is doing the word. God says, "You'll be blessed if you do the word." Romans 11:16 says this. Paul says, "The root is holy. The Holy One of Israel is God. The root that gives life to the spiritual Israel and primary seed of Abraham's offspring is Jesus, the trunk of the tree. I love that. Don't you love that? Jesus is the trunk of the tree. <laughs> yeah. If the branches, the trunk is Jesus Christ, healthy, and we're the branches, You know, just like the, the parable of the vine and, and the branches, we'll be healthy. You're in him. We're Abraham's seed, but you have to have those roots. The roots got to go down deep. Yeah, he's the trunk of the tree. Hallelujah. Colossians 2.7 says this, and this will be the last scripture. Let your roots grow down into him. And that's a good word just for somebody or for all of us for today. The New Living Translation says, Colossians 2.7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. That's not some new, fresh revelation. But, but are you there? Are we doing it? How established, how firmly planted are you? I know most of you are, but our roots can still go down a little bit deeper. Little bit stronger, little bit deeper, to where you're doing more, you're accelerating, you're stepping it up in 2024. Then it goes on to say, Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So let your roots grow down deep into Him. That's what you got mounting up, mounting up. So we can accelerate, go further, not be at the same, same place. And I want to applaud a lot of you who have taken steps to reassess, reevaluate some things in your life, whether it be your marriage, your jobs, your ministry, um, whatever entails your life. And I can see that some of you had made some adjustments already. God will bless you for that, He will. He'll open doors for you and, and new doors of opportunity for you because you've done those things. You've made some. They could just be really small things, small things, like watching your mouth, letting this go, um, severing this, maybe not hanging out with that person anymore. They're a bad influence. They pull me away from the things of God. And, and doing little things like that, you'll be blessed. You will in this, in this new year. And so the second thing we said, first thing we said was learning, doing. The doing part of the word will come easy when your root structure is established. Yeah, the doing part, it'll be easy. It will. Yeah. You won't fight the word. You won't wrestle with it. When you hear the word, huh? You know, no, it should be agreeable with you. It should go down easy because of your... The work already, the foundation, the root structure is already in place. And then teaching will flow out of you, and the word of Christ will dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Amen. How about everybody, every one of us stand?